1: From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It's Texas Football Today, a show that is 79 degrees warmer than it was a week ago. Fact. It's going to get up to 77 today. It got down to negative two a week ago. I love it. <laughs> My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, or on Twitch, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making a sound good. She is the Duchess of the dork. She's the best funnel ball player I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. She's Ashley Pickle.
0: You know what I'm talking about? Tony, no. Hang on. Tony, let me click on this real fast. Tony just shared the Wikipedia link for Funnel Ball. It's a common playground game, a giant fire, burger, glass, or plastic funnel. Yes. Okay, roughly I'm, looking, I'm five seeing five feet in diameter. Yes. The exits of the funnel are multiple one-foot diameter tubes or projected parallel to the ground and space equally. I'm not crazy. Okay, so play consists of tossing a ball into the mouth of the funnel and waiting for it to exit through one of the hole. Each hole is marked with a point value. The ball usually bounces around inside the funnel. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. We don't need to read the entire Wikipedia. I told you. Interesting. Funnel ball. No, I don't think we ever had that.
1: Um, hi, Pickle. Hi. How are you?
0: I'm I'm learning. Yeah, so I I'm know. Good. We're, we're
1: learning. We're laying it to We're fundamentally an <laughs> educational show. Today is Tuesday, February twenty third, twenty twenty one. Two hundred seventy five days until Thanksgiving. Episode one thousand one hundred thirteen. One thousand one hundred thirteen. This is the John Wozden episode. Who John Wasden is a very very deep cut ranger. Uh, from the very dark days of 04 through 06, uh, he was a starting pitcher for them, and he was not good. Uh, on today's show, my friends, uh, back half of the show, we got Hot Take Tuesday. We're going to be talking with Shahan J. Raja, our college football insider, talk a little bit about a piece he's got up on texasfootball.com about the future of Division II football, and it's very interesting. Long story short, he thinks it's getting squeezed out. We'll yeah. talk about what that means coming up here at the back half of the show. But before that, we are going to talk about uh, something that happened in 2020, should it continue in 2021 in Texas high school football. We'll get into that coming up here in just a moment. Excuse me. Just a moment. Do it first fourth for through the door.
0: You got too hyped about funnel ball. I really did. <laughs> uh, it was Tony Blaylock, Rob Hadaway, Aaron Flynn, and Daniel Agnew. Welcome in, fellas.
1: Hello, friends. Um, by the way, I want to make sure I give a shout out to our friends at Texan Live. Texan Live? Uh, of course, is the number one source for high school uh, athletics streaming, uh, games streaming in the state of Texas. That you know, We think of it as football because we're a football show, but they got basketball, basketball going on, basketball playoffs mm-hmm. right now, if you're into that. State swimming and diving. State swimming and diving. That's pretty cool. Uh, a lot of stuff. Go to TexanLive.com uh, and become a subscriber there and make sure you uh, get your fix of Texas high school athletics. So there's that. Okay, Pickle. Let's talk about the 2020 Texas high school football season and something that came about uh, kind of by necessity, and now it's one of those things of should we keep it. You remember on Friday we had a conversation, a fun, lighthearted conversation here on Texas football today as we are wont to do about, the, about things that have come about during the pandemic, during the pandy. Um, the Rona. The Rona. <laughs> Things that have come about that we're like, you know what? If this continues. I wouldn't be mad about it. (laughs) We talked about like getting everything delivered. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked about, uh, you had another thing. Uh, We talked about like. couple things. uh, Hand sanitizing stations. Washing your hands. Things
0: like that. Cleanliness. Wow. General cleanliness.
1: (laughs) We talked a lot about those types of things. One thing that got brought up by one of our commenters Mm -hmm. was the idea of the staggered start to the Texas high school football season, mm-hmm. if you remember, go back to like July when the UIL announced the plan for the 2020 Texas high school football season, and they said we are going to start the small schools four a.m. below on time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We're going to start it. Uh, I believe it's like August
0: 28th. Yeah, the last week of uh, weekend last weekend of August. In
1: August we're going to run it all the way through. We're going to keep the same schedule as we originally had. For the big schools, 6A and 5A, we are going to delay it a month. They didn't start till the end of September. And, of course, the season ran all the way into uh, January, which, believe it or not, was last month. Um, there are and, – and the idea behind it was pretty, I think, easy to understand, which was we were in the middle of the pandemic. We're still in the middle of the pandemic, I should s- certainly say. Pendy. Still in the middle of the pandemic. But – larger population centers were being hit harder than smaller population centers. And as a result, those the bigger schools, 6A and 5As, tend to be concentrated in more large population centers. Mm -hmm. So the idea was let teams that tend to be more rural Mm -hmm. start playing and then wait and hopefully things will calm down for uh, the pandemic will calm down a little bit. Uh, for the bigger schools a month later. Right. We can certainly have a conversation as to whether or not that was wise. We can certainly have a conversation as to whether or not that worked as they planned it. Mm -hmm. But that is what happened. And as a result, for the first four weeks of the 2020 Texas high school football season, we only had small school football. We only had 4A and below. 6A and 5A joined the party in late September. Mm -hmm. Now, the question is... Should we keep something like that? A staggered season wherein the small schools go out there and play an extra or play earlier than the big schools. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Here is, to me, the best argument for that. The best argument for that is... Whenever Texas high school football season rolls around, yes, us here in in, in the, the biosphere here at Dave Campbell's <laughs> Texas football. I like that. <laughs> we pay attention to every classification. Yeah. Right? We're looking at 6A, we're looking at 1A, we're looking at 4A, all of them. All the mm-hmm. classifications. John Q fan is probably paying attention only to the bigger schools. The bigger schools just get more ink and more attention than the smaller schools. And that's just a, numbers. That's just a natural <laughs> like... thing. right? And I think you can make the comparison to what's going on in college football right now, which is, in the fall, if Tarleton were to play their first Division One game at the same time that the Texas Longhorns were playing uh, the Little Sisters of the Poor, mm-hmm. a team that they're just going to drill— one of those games is, in my opinion, more intriguing. That's the Tarleton game. Mm-hmm. But, the, but it, that is not the game that is going to get the most attention. No, not at all. Texas Longhorns are going to swallow that hole simply because they are the big behemoth. They get more attention than all the other schools. Tarleton, as you may know, is playing in the spring right now. Mm-hmm. And Tarleton, I think, is getting a lot more attention right now Because they're not competing. Then they would if they were playing in the fall Mm -hmm. because, as you mentioned, they're not competing for column inches, to use an antiquated term. They're not competing (laughs) for airtime. They're not competing for eyeballs. They are kind of the only game in town right now. If you carry that over to the small high school football ranks— You would be shining a light and giving an opportunity for people to buy in and pay attention to small school football, which I think you and I both agree is awesome. Oh, absolutely. So that's the best argument for it. The best argument against it is the end of the season. Mm -hmm. Because the best argument against it is at that point, if you go full staggered, if you say they're going to start 4 weeks or 2 weeks or however long before the other team before the big schools, then that would mean unless you do some some jujitsu with the scheduling, you cannot have single site state championships games. Mm-hmm. Now you can have them all played at the same site. That's what happened. 11 of the 12 ended up being all 12 were scheduled to be played at AT&T Stadium. Right. 11 of the 12 ended up being played at at and Stadium, but they were played on different dates. I will tell you in conversations I've had with the UIL, they really like playing 12 games over four days. Mm-hmm. They like it being at one place and making it a festival of football. Yes. And so you cannot do that with the present structure that they had in 2020. So there's an argument for and against I do think that there is a solution, and this was proposed. uh, I want to give credit to Matt Stepp. He was the one who brought it up. Yeah. Which is, you start the small schools two weeks early. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right now, generally speaking, and I don't have a calendar in front of me, the Texas high school football season starts last weekend in August, Mm -hmm. and it goes until the weekend before Christmas. Christmas, yes. That's a general rule. If you start the small schools, Two weeks early, Mm -hmm. you can build in an extra bye week. You would have to build in two extra bye weeks. I think you give them one in the regular season. Mm -hmm. So basically, right now you have 11 weeks to play 10 games. Yes. Up to 10 games. Uh, You would give them 12 weeks to play up to 10 games. Mm -hmm. Then, you would also give them what would be what six-man football already gets, which is what I call Super Bowl week. Yep. Okay? Which is... You play, and then you have a full week off before you play again at, uh, at, uh, at the state championship games. Mm-hmm. At that point, you could still have the central site state championship games at AT&T Stadium or at NRG Stadium or wherever they want to have them. Mm-hmm. You could still have the central site and the big festival of football, and everyone goes on time. Uh, you, would st- you would make the 6A, 5A schedule stay the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, they begin the last week in August, go until Christmas. You would extend the small school football just a little bit. So, I don't know. Part of me, part of me doesn't like that all that much because I think that's a little bit of mental gymnastics Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. And part of me, and this is, I I freely recognize that I'm in the minority because I cover, I follow every team in the state. Mm Mm-hmm. Part of me likes that when it's the area round week, it's area round for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know that it's not for um, six-man football, uh, but it's still like the second round of the playoffs. Right. Right. They just have one fewer round. Part of me likes that. But I do think that there is a value in shining a light on the small school, on the small school, Texas high school football.
0: Right. And I think from being able, like from us getting, obviously, yes, here we focus on every school. But I also do the Fox stuff where I am focused on one game a week specifically that I'm there on a Friday. And it was really stinking cool for those small school games for those first four weeks to get to go out and cover those towns and they reciprocate it back to you as a reporter because they're excited that you're there because they know if you know, Duncanville and and Cedar Hill are playing, there's no way that someone like them are going to get covered right then, you know, and it's one of those things. I very much enjoyed that. I think the small schools really enjoyed it. So I think that there is value in trying to work to do that. And on the other side of it, if you're a a big school snob and that's all you want to see, then that means the state semifinal games, There is nothing going on other than those games. So you get your time, too. Like You don't just get to say that small schools get it all. But I think Step hit the nail on the head there. I think that's the best way to do it. I think those kids are already doing all their football stuff at that point anyway. So moving up a game a, a week or two doesn't really make that much of a difference. I think they would appreciate the week off before state. And I think that from a viewer perspective... It's really cool to get, to get out of your comfort level. And maybe people who only focus on small schools, they're going to watch those state semifinals yeah. that, mm-hmm. that last week in the, in the Super Bowl week. So I think, I think step hit the nail on the head it's, there. It's
1: an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm categorically opposed to it. I want to make sure that I'm not letting I, – I tend to meet this is the way I'm wired. I tend to let inertia get in the way of like, we've always done it this way. So why right. would we change it? Um, I want, I think that, um, necessity is the mother of invention. Obviously we had to change the schedule in 2020 to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if we can learn something from it and keep that around. It's an interesting idea. I'd love to talk with, uh, the UIL and, and, mm-hmm. and people, people like that and see if that's something they'd be interested in. And, and I'd love to talk with coaches and see right. if that's something they'll be interested in, especially for small school coaches, because they would be the ones who would be the most impact. Right. Yeah. And I also think here's another thing, and this is a, a small thing. But if you build in those extra two buys, mm-hmm. we are dealing with schools with fewer numbers, right? Right. Does that give you an opportunity to get healthier? Yes. Does that give you an opportunity to uh, to, to build up your depth and, and make it so that you're, you know, so that you have more of your key players on the field?
0: Right. And then, yeah, because you're looking at it, and Italy is not going to have 99 kids on their rosters like right. Allen does. You know, it's right. one. The other thing, the, one thing to say, though, I think our biggest thing here is we definitely, I think... like just speaking for you and i Mm
1: -hmm.
0: would would like everything to end at one time though like that's our biggest thing the reason that we like this plan is because everything ends at one time it's before you get into the mess of Mm -hmm. christmas and and all of that like pushing it to where one thing happens a week or two after that Oh no, man. I think i think, I don't want that. I think again. you got
1: to be you gotta be wrapped by Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think they made a one time exception because yep. they had to mm-hmm. this year. um, I think you got to be wrapped by Christmas. I think that that as as big as Texas high school football is, it ain't as big as Christmas, and that's something <laughs> that I think you need to be that's got to be a firm stopping point,
0: yeah, and that just and again, we talked about this so much when they even suggested this. I felt bad for some of those basketball programs and stuff like that because they have guys that if they made their playoff run all the way into January, Mm -hmm. those basketball teams were lacking at that point. And in high school, that's just not the right thing. You can go to college and focus on one sport, but a lot of those guys, they need them for for Mm -hmm. longer than that. you know.
1: It's an interesting topic. Um, Let us know what you think uh, in the comments and let us know on Twitter at DCTF, um, whether or not the UIL should keep the staggered season, I think there's a compelling argument for and against. But one thing I would like to do is, is kind of um, ask Texas high school football coaches, especially the small school level, if that's something they'd be interested in. So there you go. We are Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. You can watch this very show. Every weekday at noon, live at texasfootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitch.
0: Um, we're making your read longer now. And you could just and keep And you can
1: subscribe to the podcast, the podcast vendor of your choice. <laughs> there you go. We're all over the place. You can't escape us. Yeah. Pickle, <clears throat> it's Tuesday, and I know that it was cold last week, but today. It's legitimately getting hot. It's getting hot. Yeah, it's Hot Take Tuesday. It's
0: Hot Take. I feel like you gotta, you gotta like come out of that like this.
1: Hot Take Tuesday, uh, where we invite one member of the Texas football staff uh, to issue their hottest take. And today we turn to our college football insider Shahanjay Roger, who's got a great piece up on TexasFootball.com uh, about small college football and what may be the future. Uh, for small college football, one particular division. Here's Hot Take Tuesday with Shahan J. Raja here on Texas Football Today. It's Hot Take Tuesday where we have a different member of the Dave Campbell's Texas football staff come on and give us their hottest take each week. And uh, We've got a, a hot take from our college football insider. We're joined by Shahan J. Raja. Hi, Shahan. I haven't seen you in a while.
2: Yeah, I, I guess it's been a hot minute since uh, since we've been in the same place, right? It, yes. It
1: Boy. That's not, that's not a time. There's There's another time for, for us to do that. So you've got a piece up on texasfootball.com and unsurprisingly, in my estimation, uh, you tackled the college football world, but you went the small college route. Uh, the headline is why division two football could be on the way out. Shahan, why do you hate division two football?
2: Well, I have to say, first of all, that I love small college football. I actually, I think to me, a lot of this has to do with what I feel like is is a trend in sports in general. I, I think that there really is this coalescing of sort of the big time versus the small time. And I think we see it at the, uh, at the highest level of college football. I think we're seeing right now, you know, there are only three to five programs right now that are kind of separating themselves from the pack. And, you know, I really got thinking about this as we sort of saw this realignment happen, as we saw Charleston State move up to the Western Athletic Conference, along with with Dixie State. Um, and then obviously, you know, with Charlton, we, we got to see them the last couple of weeks win a game against New Mexico State and FBS opponents uh, and get a lot of attention for it. We got to see them play McNeese State uh, very close, obviously taking them to overtime. And here, here's my thought, right? I think that if, if you look at the schools in Division Two, and I'm gonna speak more specifically to Texas, I, I'm not saying that, you know, Division Two is not going to exist or anything like that. But I think when you look at the state of Texas, I think that there's going to be this delineation between the schools that really want to prioritize football and want it to be big time and want to move up potentially to division one. And those who maybe need to look at their situation and realize this is not what we're going to do. This is not what we want to do. And so the schools that, for example, that, that I think, um, you know, I think Texas a and Commerce, right. I think that if you look at uh, what Tarleton's doing, the attention that they're getting right now, the amount of headspace that they're getting nationally. I mean, I think that we can acknowledge, right? I, I, I love Division II football. I think that the Lone Star Conference is one of the coolest things about the state, but I think that if you're a Division II school, you can see how much more attention Tarleton State has gotten for being in Division I, even just for these two games, than really all the accomplishments that I think that the Lone Star Conference has had over the last couple of years. And I think that if you look at these schools that have been very competitive, and obviously, you know, schools like WestX a and Angelo State who take themselves very seriously and wanna be taken seriously, I think that we could see a lot of them looking to move up. And, and on the other end, I'm not exactly sure which one of these schools it would be, but, you know, I think that maybe you point to like a Texan of Kingsville that struggled a little bit to recruit over the last couple of years. Facilities have been a struggle for them and finances have been a struggle for them. I wonder if they kind of just decided at a certain point, look, we might have the ability to be really, really good at Division III football instead of being sort of this also ran in, in Division Two. Now, I know that Kingsville is also a very proud program historically, uh, but, you know, it kind of seems like they are – not willing to put in the work at this given moment. Now, maybe that changes, but uh, but I kind of feel like, you know, and I mentioned it in my piece, when it comes to scholarships too, right? You're, you're giving out 36 scholarships, which costs hundreds of thousands of dollars for the university. Are you getting bang for your buck versus a school like, you know, Mary Hardin Baylor, like Hardin Simmons, who maybe they don't make the same revenue total, but you're obviously trading that with hundreds of thousands of dollars of scholarship money that you're also putting into the program. So I, I think that, again, Football in general, I think, is moving in the direction of coalescing, and I wouldn't be surprised if in Texas we kind of see this shift where it's more the scholarship programs versus those who just decide to go non-scholarship. So then, is is it
1: fair to say, and you know, reading your piece, and I don't necessarily disagree with you, but let me play a little bit of devil's advocate here: is it fair to say that you look at Division Two right now as maybe just being stuck in the middle, that it's not big enough? that it's driving enough revenue to make it worth it, but it's also too big uh, that it's costing enough money. Uh, it's costing so much money that, that it's just that that it's just not sustainable for a longer for a long period of time for for some of these programs, especially during the Lone Star Conference.
2: Yeah, I, I think that that is right. And I especially look at you know, I, I think that that could change, right? I think that maybe ESPN Plus gets in the mix. And if you get Division II games on ESPN Plus, maybe that changes the dynamics a little. But that's not a reality right now. You know, we, we have this conversation nationally. And, and I think that one of the things that's also informed this for me is, is being plugged in nationally into sort of the National College Football conversation. You hear some talk about the FCS spring season, right? You hear some talk about people, you know, again, turning on the Charleston game, turning on, uh, you know, the, the whatever else game. But you don't really hear that about national D2. You don't really hear that about national D3. And I think that a big part of that obviously is the regionalization of D2 and D3, especially versus, you know, you have the sort of more recognizable names in FCS. But uh, but I also think that there's a prestige difference there. And And like you said, you know, if you're going to be funding all these scholarships, it's really hard to kind of for Lack of a better term, half-ass football, right? You kind of have to do it or you don't. You have to build the giant facilities, you have to build a big stadium, you have to pay for all the equipment. You either do it or you don't. And and to me, I think that you know, being at 36 scholarships, right? And, and obviously at the division two level, you're talking partial scholarships as well. So it's not just that 36 kids are getting scholarships, but I think that you end up in an interesting position where it's like, you know, if you can't really build a roster of all scholarship players at the division two level, right? Like you're kind of mixing and matching and kind of trying to convince kids to not go D3 and come up here and be D2. You know, I I wonder at a certain point if schools just decide, you know, that this is maybe the right thing for us is to just say, you know, we want kids to come here and we want to try to more grow our enrollment because I think that that's obviously a priority in division three is, you know, It's not just uh, obviously, you know, wanting to be competitive on the football field. You also want kids to enroll in your school for the opportunity to be on the football team. And so I'm wondering if eventually for some of these schools that becomes more of a priority is, you know, Either we're going to do this, we're going to put all this money into it, we're going to try to be like a, a program that's maybe nationally relevant. But uh, you know, maybe the alternative is we're going to try to be really competitive. We're going to try to compete for championships. We're going to try to grow our enrollment in Division three.
1: So obviously, I think a lot of the conversation we've we've had is is, uh, is surrounding Tarleton right now. You know, you've mentioned them, and and obviously off to a great start. You know, so far that they, they they were. Uh, extremely competitive against a, a pretty good FCS team in, in McNeese. And then they go and they beat an FBS team in New Mexico state. Do you think that if Tarleton, you know, obviously one year is one year and it's the spring season, but if, if, if they're immediately competitive in the whack, if they're immediately, you know, I'm not saying they're going to win the conference, but if they're out there and they're, you know, turning uh, uh, winning seasons and things like that, and you start to see the, the buzz around Tarleton grow, do you think that that could uh, prompt other programs in the state of Texas to maybe explore that that move, uh, in, in, you know, in, in the next couple of years.
2: Oh no question about it and i one thing that i'd point to right uh, our guy Corey obviously wrote a great piece on on charlton kind of having a big weekend this past weekend and a lot of lone star conference fans got in there and posted the you know the a m commerce uh, charlton scoreboard from last year i see that all the time whenever charlton articles are posted right and i think that if you are a m commerce if you are angelo state if you are west texas a m you know you're a program that has been consistently competitive with charlton for forever, basically, right? This is, it's not like Charlton has been functioning at this different level than everybody else in division two. So I think that you go up to division one, right? uh, You see them compete with McNeese. You see them compete and beat New Mexico State. And we can, you know, say that it was their beating, whatever, they dominated them, right? Like this was not a a question. Uh, I think that you have to look at this and say, look, I'm not saying that, um, that if any of these other schools moved up, that they'd first of all be immediately competitive or even as competitive as Charlton. But I do think that, you know, I think that this is going to convince a lot of athletic directors and a lot of boosters and a lot of fans to take stock of what they have. Because, you know, the the gap between Division two and Division one is pretty big, but it is also manageable. You know, if you're willing to put in those base resources. And and one of the things that I will mention is that Tarleton, uh, you know, the coach Todd Witten told me before the season, Uh, they've been able to get up pretty close to that 63 scholarship number. They're near 60 scholarships, right? Which is something that not every school can all of a sudden do. You can't just jump from 36 to 60 immediately, right? Not every school is, is built to do that. But but if you can do that, if you can convince people to come, if you can convince people to be engaged, uh, you know, again, I think that Charlton's engagement with the city of Stephenville has been a huge part of this, right? And so if you are AM Commerce, you got to get Commerce in the door. If you are West Texas a you got to get Canyon in the door. But if you can get that kind of support from the local community and from obviously financially, uh, yeah, I, I think that there's no reason to think that uh, that any of these schools that I've mentioned is going to sit back and watch Tarleton steal their shine.
1: He's Shahan Raja, He's our college football insider. It doesn't matter what division they play in. He will cover them at TexasFootball.com. Shahan, I appreciate your hot take. I think I agree with it, but uh, we'll let the we'll let the fans decide on TexasFootball.com.
2: Yeah, let us know in the comments, and you can let me know on Twitter at Shahan Raja.
1: There he is, Shahan Raja, our
2: college football insider.
1: Talked with him a little bit earlier for Hot Take Tuesday. Uh, it's an interesting piece about uh, about Division Two and, and maybe the squeeze that they're facing. I think it is going to be very instructive to see how Tarleton does mm-hmm. the next couple of years. Uh, and I wonder if that's going to cause people to look around and evaluate their situation a little bit more. Um, and yeah, you wonder if there's going to be kind of a, a you know... Some teams moving up, some teams dropping down, stuff like that, but but Division mm-hmm. Two uh, may be very, very interesting, and, and Tarleton may be the first domino to fall in that regard. So
0: say It's it's funny how if it's a success story, yes. then Sean's probably right. Yeah. If Tarleton comes crumpling down, then it's like, oof. Right. Well, there's definitely a division there. So anyway,
1: check out uh, that piece on TexasFootball.com. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts?
0: Um, So to answer kind of what everyone else thought about the delayed start yeah. it seems like many people agree with with the step method they did enjoy the small school ball but uh, the big thing that we said everyone wants it to be over at the same you,
1: time you have to i think you have to preserve the central site single weekend whatever you want to call it state championship game. right i think that is the number one priority if you want to get creative um, at the front end, that's okay, but the mm-hmm. back end has got to stay the Needs same. This. And
0: Miss uh, Miss Boyd brought up a good point, mother of Brady Boyd, obviously uh, that the the players and coaches were just for five and six A were oh, yeah. exhausted by well, the end and of, that, part of that. You know, is, cause like physically, because that, well, that's the <laughs> other
1: thing. Consider this: if you consider this, remember they were able to start practicing beforehand and mm-hmm. then if they were going all the way to the end right they were talking i mean we're you and i i mean now we're in the media feel bad for us uh <laughs> it was a 21 week season right you know what i mean it was a grind you yes know what i mean like we got to like the i remember getting in the middle of the, the middle of the season like getting like a week 11 week 12
0: and, and really like oh my god there's still 11 weeks left like we, like, we just still, now fact, have halfway through <laughs> and in
1: fact the playoffs are still to come Yep. you know what I mean. Which is like, yeah. everything gets turned up a notch. So, so not
0: only for mentally reasons, but those athletes and stuff, just physically, yes. that's a big toll yeah. to take. Right. Um, the other thing, speaking of you know physical fitness, people agreed with my jump roping thing, and they said that it's a great source of exercise. So there's that. That's, that's my yeah. actual
1: final thought. There's no way that people said that in the comments. They did. Gonna do they... It for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at dctf like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks to Sean Raja for being our guest for Ashley Pickle. I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please can get your Player of the Year trophy tomorrow. This week in recruiting with Greg Powers and a visit with the Mountain. Bryce Foster joins us here on Texas Football Today.